0: I'M BACK, BABY! OH MY double CRAP! Do you know who I am?
1: No, but maybe if you hum a few bars.
0: Yes sir, random kid I just met!
1: You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program!
0: I thought you were made of sterner stuff.
1: Don't be jealous because I'm attractive! You know what?
0: You just made the list! <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder.
1: It's time to check. The link.
0: I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me.
1: It's all in sports. Welcome to All in Sports, everybody. It is Jake Sealy, as always. Follow me at All in Kid, which you're probably doing already, but a little bit of announcement day for you guys, so. Don't check out, stick through all this. Normally, yes, go give this show five stars on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, and all the other sites too, all that kind of good stuff. But again, I've done it before. I'm doing it again. There's going to be a contest. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a prize. So if you have done so already and didn't win the last one, make sure you have saved that screenshot because I'm going to need them again. Not yet. I will tell you when, probably starting next week, because I want to do this in time for Thanksgiving so it gets to you before Christmas so you can give it as a Christmas present or just selfishly keep it for yourself. I don't care which one. It's actually pretty cool. So, you know, hey, if, if you want to keep it, no problem. But in any case, it's going to shine. house what it is? Hmm. I'll think about it. Maybe by the end of this. Uh, this will keep you paying attention tomorrow. Back again for all the sports with Joe Pisa and Benny Ricciardi. That is the Patreon version. Mondays, yesterday's, and tomorrow's are free this week only. The Friday show, Unsealed, if you get the play on words there, with only Benny and Joe, is this Friday. That's going to start the access only for Patreon subscribers. This show is like this is what we're doing right here. This is the reason you give it five stars, the reason review is to keep it free, to keep it for you guys. But if you want even more and you really want to support us and you want to have a say what's going forward and special YouTube shows and all those good things, that's where you can go support us as us. Go to Patreon, become part of it. It's very simple. It's patreon.com front slash all in sports. And speaking of links, if you're trying to check out The Athletic and you want to save 30%, you can also do that with theathletic.com front slash All in sports. You guessed it. It's the same thing. The front slash all in sports. It's very easy to remember. So please do all these things. Support us. We love you guys. We appreciate it. We love all your comments on Twitter. So go out there, do that. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know in advance. Again, don't send me the stuff yet. I'm going to ask you when to start doing that, but it's a mini helmet of the saints signed by Michael Thomas. One of my favorite wide receivers in the league who has been a guest of mine. So Michael Thomas signed mini helmet from the saints. Really cool. Really like. I didn't get you a case, so you're gonna to have to get one yourself. But it's cool. I, I almost wanted to keep it. I'll just put it that way. So in any case, let's do it. Let's get let's get involved. Let's get let's get today's show on the road. And today's guest is Vlad Sedler of Guru Elite. Actually, one of the co-owners of Guru Elite. A great guy. Great mind. Uh, you know, he's a uh, one-tout. We were just talking about before we came on the show winning in tout wars and then he left me so I could take over and win. I don't think that was the entire reason, but. He joins me today. I'm going to let him, see, this is the weird part, Vlad, because I want to jump into the first topic immediately, and I think you're going to be sitting there like, wow, I wasn't expecting this. But at the same time, I got to make sure that everybody gets to hear you to start. Like, I can't just have you sitting there dead silent for four minutes. So, Vlad, why don't you tell everybody, by the way, follow him at Roto Gut. Also, yeah, like I said, I'll let you do the rest. Tell everybody with the website, what you're working on, where else they can find you, where else you are doing, Just all your good stuff.
0: Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me, first of all, Jake. Uh, so yeah, like like you mentioned, I'm at uh, Roto Gut over there on Twitter, and um, working with the boys over at Guru Elite. So um, as you probably well known uh, or, or well know is we are a full service uh, DFS uh, betting gambling site and season long as well. So um, this year I'm uh, at the moment I'm concentrating on a bunch of stuff for football. Uh, right, the weekly dfs wide receiver report uh one that may have landed you on one albert wilson last week uh this week's Torrey smith didn't quite work out i think four for 60 which is all right uh and then i'm doing some work over at the fantasy guru site writing a weekly article over there for uh for their vip uh, package so working on that uh, about to be getting ready for baseball again even though we're still in the world series um and uh Gonna dive into some basketball too. I uh, Have not done a lot of basketball content in my career. But I've been playing, I mean, I've been playing for 15 years and, and um, actually do 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 all right at the uh, the, the DFS uh, NBA. So looking forward to uh, jumping into some of that content as well.
1: All right, we're gonna come back. i want to touch on one of those things you said, but like I said, I, I, this isn't something I prepares you for. I just wanted to jump into, but you will be. You will because. I know you're watching last night's game and I know you probably saw a lot of the talk during and afterwards towards the end of the game. And I got annoyed as hell last night, Vlad. Like I was, I'm not a full tell. It's just, here's why. All right. So here's the situation. We all saw the giants go for the two point conversion and everybody's laughing and chuckles and giggling. And like, yeah, I was even doing the same thing. Like what the hell is going on? And You know, everybody's ripping the Giants. And then about two minutes later, there becomes this storm of the analytics of why it makes sense to go for two when you're down by 14. And all these articles from different peoples, and, and I saw some saying it's 58%, some saying it's 62.5%. The way that I learned math, I'm more on the 625 which actually helps their argument, by the way, which I'm about to get to. But this just rage fest of back and forth and back and forth, and that's why the Giants should have gone for it. Here's my biggest issue, and there's the thing. is you, You're coming from, well, you know, real quick, I will let you interject. Real short, real quick right here, Vlad. Are you more baseball or more football? I feel like you're more baseball. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's been a little bit of both, but I definitely would say I lean on the baseball side.
1: Okay, all right. So that's the point I want to make. So this is why I'm bringing it to you too is because I want the, you know, tell me at the end if I'm nuts or not, but you're more baseball. I finished three years, two years in a row, three years overall number one accuracy in baseball. So I, I am heavy in baseball. Baseball is stats heavy. It's probably the most stats heavy sport there is. All that being said, I use a ton for football too. I'm sure you do as well. I just mentioned in the waiver column about sap counts and target shares and all. There's a ton of numbers. I get the math. My problem, Vlad, and my problem with everybody last night is the people coming out there, the analytics, and saying that it's 100% the right move. Anybody who disagrees doesn't understand math doesn't understand why it's the right move, and that's what got me so fired up because you want to know what the problem is, lad, and for everybody out there is it's a game. It's sports. You're still watching football. They don't take into account when you talk that kind of math. It takes the average of every situation that's ever been 14 points down. You're not looking at the fact there's 447 on the clock if we want to play math. We're going to talk about the fact that what was the slowest or the quickest drive with the least amount of time in that game was the 2.31 to open the game by the Falcons to punt. So you're, cu- you're cutting off two minutes, maybe, if you use your timeouts, and now you're left with two minutes there for the rest of it. The- so there's some math for you. How about the math of this, Vlad? How about the fact that in quarter four, so basically mostly the end of the game, since 2009, the number of successful onside kicks, 37 for 460. That's 8%. I mean, we look at all this, we throw those math numbers out there, and then you get the math people also saying, hey, well, well, you also have to factor in that extra points are only probably about 95 to 96%. And yet the same argument, they come back and say, well, if you get 8 plus 7, 15, you win the game. Well, you can't play both sides. You can't say there's a risk for the extra point in the first one, but there's the guaranteed 7 on the second one. Again, I just say all this, Vlad, because I got fired up and I watch football for a living. You do the same thing. There's a lot of people, and I will say, that are smarter on film than I am, that are former players and stuff like that. But watching that Giants team watching that game flow that ended 23-20 to 20 despite the late scoring, watching their inability to keep the Falcons from – and I'm not talking about just that last drive, keep them out of scoring range, field goal range, whatever have you, and watching the Giants' ineptitude on offense. I factor all those things in, and I'm open to a debate of saying it's not necessarily the best move definitively. And I got tired of being yelled at and told, no, the math tells me that's the only move. There, I'm done.
0: <laughs> well, first of all, the Rand is awesome. And for the most part, I mean, not even for the most part, uh, altogether, I agree with you, man, because here's the problem. Um, there's team math and then there's, you know, team the other side of it. And, and really what it comes down to is, um, the, the best fantasy players in the world. Um, the best, uh, Analysis is really a mix of the two not everything is so cut and dry where you have to look at it at You know every single specific thing as a percentage play we do see in this league a lot of the more advanced teams Are the ones that are incorporating the analytics, but you need to have some of that you know the instinct the gut I mean like you said at the end of the day It is a game and so the people that are most successful in the league Those that are most successful in DFS and then fantasy are those that kind of bridge the gap between the two. And that's what what happens. A lot of people are, you know, very math-minded, very math-oriented, and they're not able to see the big picture. And I think it's the same thing, on the other hand, where you've got the old-school fellas, um, same thing in in fantasy as well. You've got some players that do well who, um, you know, like, ah, screw the math or, you know, screw this. But right. those are the people that don't want to
1: look at my keyboard you remember that that whole thing <laughs> in the all season
0: yeah they, they, they don't want to learn something new they don't want to advance they just want to be like oh everything's feel it's not everything feel it's not everything math there is a nice you know kind of uh it, it it's covering both and so that's sort of the problem and and i'm so i guess for the most part i agree with you and at the end of the day I usually am not going to engage myself in these insane debates between both sides because, hey, what we what do we need more of is debates these days, right? So I'm just going to read it, enjoy myself, be entertained by it, and just uh, whatever happens, <laughs> happens.
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing is I, I say that all the time is any sport, baseball, football, whatever. Again, go back to baseball, which is very, very, very – there's a reason people are so annoyed with the shift. Be, well, the fact is the shift works because of the numbers – They got it from numbers. They see it work in action. And yes, a lot of times it doesn't work. And sometimes we see managers, you know this, we see managers either not put the shift into place or mix it up themselves. Or the one time where they had the four outfield, like, you know, people mix things up because they also see certain situations that are advantageous because they know the sport. And every single year, I say the same thing. If you are doing Sports analysis, any type of sports analysis. I don't even care if it's just writing a book, writing an essay, actually trying to do what we do, doing what we do, whatever it is. If you're doing only analytics or only video, you're selling yourself 50% short and you're going to be wrong more often than not. It's a 50-50 blend, as you just said, and it needs to be there because you want to talk about math too, Vladis. you know what math told us? And I wasn't, obviously. One of them, people know that, and that's not a self-back, but I just I like throwing this one out there. Math told us that Jeff Janison and uh, Christine Michael were supposed to be in the Hall of Fame by now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised neither are.
1: <laughs> the math is there. The numbers are there. The metrics are there. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, but you understand it, too. It's yeah. Just, I just, again, I got fired up last night, and it's not – you just said the same thing. It's like, I like having debates. I actually have a lot of debates all the time. That's what this show is with people and my guests. I have debates. The problem I had was people coming back immediately of like, nope, you're an idiot. Do you not see the math? And, you know, I, I understand math. I actually had a 4.0 all the way through college, and math was the easiest thing I never even really even studied for because math came that simple. I understand the math. I also understand that sports is a game. There wasn't a lot of time left. The Giants looked like junk last night. You have to factor that. The, Pat Shermer, Mike Shurmur. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's branch this off real quick, and this isn't even on the topics either. Don't you find it funny? At least I do. Nobody is paying attention to the fact that Mike Shula is there. Like I, I kept, I said this in the off season is everybody's talking about Shermer being a question mark of what he's going to be able to do with the giants and everybody ragged on Mike McCoy, myself included for weeks on end, finally got him fired. Not saying we did. But I mean, hopefully we did, but I, I wish mm-hmm. we had that kind of power. And I think that nobody is paying attention to and giving enough like grief to uh, yes. Eli Manning is terrible. Yes. The offensive line has been miserable. Yes. Nate Solder has actually been rated so far as one. There's math for he rated as one of the five worst offensive linemen or offensive tackles in the league, sadly, but Mike Shula who has been blasted in years past for his play calling is getting no hate for what's going on with the giants.
0: Yeah. I mean, he definitely obviously factors into the equation, right? I mean, he's the QB coach, offensive coordinator. So, uh, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, sometimes the apple doesn't uh, fall all that much uh, f- from the tree with pop uh, Papa Don.
1: <laughs> yes. All right. So let's talk about some good, better things. Actually, you know, th- I, told, I told you I was going to backtrack real quick. You say you've been playing basketball for 15, 15 years? Is that what you said? Yeah,
0: since, I mean, when I started playing all the fantasy sports, you know, back... Yeah,
1: okay. No, no, I just wanted to ask you this question. This has been my theory. This is why... So I- you, you play regularly, so you'll know this. And tell me if I... If you agree, this is sage advice, I believe. Oh, keep I in mind,
0: there was a 10-year period where
1: I didn't play. Oh, I, that's even I more perfect. Hold play. on. Yeah. So, hold on. Oh, this is perfect. So this is where I'm going with it. So I actually played basketball all the way through. I played for the high school team through 10th grade. I played basketball all the way through college. After that, I was, I'm a, everybody knows I'm a six-one white dude who can't dribble very well. Um, and I'm not very fast or tons of athleticism. I could shoot the three ball. I was a 3 and D guy. And and once I lost my three ball, I stopped playing because I I, I, what did I have to offer? And a lot of people, because you're six one, and when you play a pickup game, six one falls you into that quasi we don't know where to put you zone, and then you end up kind of playing a small power forward sometimes. And I don't have that kind of game, so like that's kind of why I stopped playing. But I took some time off, and then yeah, my my buddies were like, yeah, let's go play a pickup game. and It was like three years later, and I tried to do the LeBron chase down. On a fast break, and you know, come up behind him and block them. I did not block the guy. I was not successful. I also didn't end it very gracefully because when I landed, I landed on my ankle, and my momentum kept me going, and I ended up having a grade two sprain where my ankle bent so far that there was scraping from the pavement on my ankle to tell you how far it twisted. Um, so my sage advice, Vlad, is if you stop playing basketball for any significant period of time, don't just go try to play a pickup game because you're more likely to get hurt and break an Achilles or an ankle or a knee or something. Just get, either give it up or go start warming yourself up in some practice time before you, like, just don't, ju- like, this is the worst sport to try to dive back in when, like, you're 32.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, I had a friend that did that, uh, uh basically at age 39 and uh in the first <laughs> 2 minutes pretty much pulled the uh I guess LaShawn McCoy just knocked out of the game right away so twisted his ankle and he was done and he has not been uh, been back on the court in 2 years
1: <laughs> you know when the last time i played basketball was when i sprained my ankle <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. See, that's the thing is we, we try, we get older, we keep trying sports, but basketball seems like the worst. Like, at least go play a softball game. You're not, you're not likely unless you just didn't stretch to really do anything that bad. So, all right. Do you think we should talk actual fantasy stuff that helps people? Uh, you think yeah, that? I
0: think there are a few things we could talk about here today.
1: All right. Let's talk about Mark Cooper traded to the Cowboys, everybody. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, Vlad. So there's a few players that's always been on my uh, like the band kickers list, the band list. It's Amari Cooper, Jared Cook, and Tavon Austin are my big three of the, you keep fooling yourselves, you keep arguing for why it's this going to be the chance now, and I will never own the guy. Uh, I actually have owned Amari Cooper one time last year, but that's because the person actually <laughs> threw him in as a throw-in on a trade. Like, that's how fall he, far he has fallen, and that's where he is now. But he got traded to the Cowboys, so you're getting the arguments. oh, well, you know, look at what he can do. That. like the, the the fans are coming back out again. Are you on the stop? We've done this too many times already. I'm not buying in. Or are you on the new scenario, new team, new situation? Maybe this is the spark plug both he and the Cowboys need.
0: Here's the thing. I mean, obviously, I always try to separate uh, my personal feelings from fantasy, and I think that's part of the reason what um, you know makes me a, a pretty good fantasy player is you know, I'm not going to overdraft Dodgers or, you know, or LA Kings in hockey just because, you know, I know uh, because they're they have players that I like. I'm not going to just, you know, blindly draft, a, you know, a, a Packers, even though obviously Rodgers and Adams and all those guys are good. Everything, every person, every guy has their price.
1: Whoa, 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 um, wait. Did you just tell me you're a Dodgers and a Packers fan?
0: I'm a Dodgers and a Packers. I'm a Dodgers. How, and a
1: how, how did that work out?
0: Well, no, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a Packers and Raiders fan. I grew up with the Raiders and, and that's kind of the point where I'm getting at. And then I, I the Packers for a while still do. Um, but I always have had a soft spot for Amari Cooper and I okay. want to see him succeed. I think he's talented. Um, but you know, I mean, it, he is kind of going from a bad situation to one that isn't all that great. I mean, I think Gruden and Garrett are both kind of part of this, Dinosaur regime of coaches who I don't know if they'll ever really be able to field competitive teams Just kind of behind the pack in a lot of ways Um, But I do think Amari is really skilled. Um, He's just been obviously really inconsistent Um, And I don't know if the situation is going to get much better at least this year Um, I do think he immediately becomes their best receiver Uh, I think it'll take him a little bit to get up to speed with the new playbook and parts of this offense will restrict them but him kind of jumping into that Des Bryant role I don't think Dak Prescott is a horrible quarterback. He obviously hasn't been throwing for you know very uh, for a very long average depth of target, but you know I think he'll have some big games here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, Amari Cooper is going to be cheap uh, ADP wise next year. I mean, he's no longer your you know kind of prototypical third rounder like he's been, uh, even second rounder last year. I think you know unless he has some sort of massive you know second half breakout, you're probably going to get Amari Cooper at a, at a
1: pretty good value next year. You want to hear one? Of, did you see? Do you follow sharp football, Warren Sharp? Uh, sure. Did you happen to see his tweet yesterday with the Gruden excuses?
0: Yes, I did. That was funny.
1: That was terrific. So, if anybody hasn't seen it, I actually, while we're recording this podcast, just tweeted it out and said he might need to adjust the Derek Carr part of it because now there's rumors he can be the next out the door. Because as you mentioned, John Gruden is still trying to play 2000 football in 2018. Um, but yes, I, I, the Amari Cooper thing. You, it's funny you say that. I I, I preach that as well as keeping your heart out of it as much as you can because like I loathe I, I hate the Cowboys. I actually hate pretty much everybody in the Giants division, but you know I actually have a friend who's a he's he's worse than anybody out there. He's somehow a Cowboys and a Yankees and a San Antonio Spurs fan. Like, how do you explain, like, where does that, like, you even begin to explain that? But in any case, um, so this is the Cowboys fan, like, I just hate, but... I drafted Ezekiel Elliott on a few teams where I had the fourth pick. And, you know, that's just because I'm out there to win. I don't... I, You know, with the only team that I hate more than anybody else in all the sports is the Atlanta Braves because I'm a Mets fan, although I've put them on hiatus right now, so I don't even call myself a fan right now. But because of the, what was it, 13, 14 straight divisions, you remember Vlad? Um, hmm? I just... I, I, that's, I hate them so much, and I hate Chipper Jones for naming his kid Shea. I just I hate them. But at the same time, I own Freddie Freeman and I, I own Sean Newcomb on a lot of teams like, because you got to take your heart out of it. I think the biggest mistake people make, Vlad, and to tie this in too, is it's not just the fanmanship. Is that a lot of times, you know, yes, Cooper's price is going to be depressed next year, but let's just say it's not Amari Cooper. Let's say it's somebody else. People fall into the, hey, he burned me last year. He's not going to be on many of my teams. Like people can't rebound like they do all the time.
0: Yeah, I think the rebounding is a little bit more, more, or a little easier to sort of pinpoint and pick on, um, and use your advantage in fantasy baseball, where it happens all the time. Where you know people right. miss half a year, they have injuries, they have you know problems at home, and they end up falling to the twentieth round, and then you just scoop them up. Um, obviously, you have a uh, a shallower player pool here in football, and and you know you, you want to try to avoid as many uh yeah, as many of these holes as possible but you know i mean what are we seeing every year with uh, with fantasy i mean you're just looking for the teams that are going to break out that have players you know sort of later on down the line in adp like you know i mean if you're looking at kansas city for example i mean anybody that's loaded up on on mahomes or almost any of these guys any combination of these guys and you're doing probably pretty damn well this year i mean same thing with the rams uh, talking about you know, getting a, a Robert Woods in the in the in the sixth round and, and you know, starting off with Gurley and, and loading up on all these guys like, you know, this is where the fantasy value is. I mean, there's literally like five, six teams that if you have, you know, most of your, um, you know, grouping uh, on your team from these teams, you're pretty much doing well. And then there's other places like, you know, we talked about it before the show, all these wastelands with, you know, the Redskins and the Bills. And, you know, I mean, I don't understand how are you even targeting players from, you know, from bad teams where you just don't know what the situation is, how good the quarterback is, like all these question marks, just not worth it, just target those good teams.
1: It comes down to like, would you rather have the guaranteed number three wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, or would you rather have the number one on the Buffalo Bills? You know, that's sometimes that's, you know what? And that's a stats analysis. And like, that's all that stuff put together. Like we were talking about before real quick. Cause you mentioned it in there. Well, I gotta, this is going to be uh, okay. What would it take c- scenario? How about this? What would it take? For you and I know it's all like well it depends on my team it depends on what I need no no I just want to know like what level return would it take for Vlad if he owns Pat Mahomes to trade him off his team?
0: You know what if you're in a scenario where you have two quarterbacks like say you drafted Mahomes as your second and I you know I've I've seen some people do that one of the guys did that in my home league. He, let's you know, say
1: all right here's one and I've seen that a lot. Let's say. Um, try. I was gonna say Andrew Luck, but, but na- people were drafting him around the same spot, and there was risk with him. So, um, got a Kirk Cousins. Let's say your your second quarterback is Kirk Cousins.
0: Mm-hmm. You do you do the deal. You do whatever you can to get Mahomes because you know Cousins can you know can can pretty much handle it and take you there. He has a pretty good schedule those uh, those last three weeks, those playoff weeks, Seattle, Miami, and Detroit. Um, and you just load up on you know like a solid running back. Uh, you know a running back. One like like a like a end kind of end running back one or wide receiver two or something like that. See what you can get. Like shop him around and see what you can get. There's zero reason to have both cousins and Mahomes on your team, and then you know you're pretty much almost guessing wrong every week. uh, You know, leaving more stats on the bench that way.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's jump back to your Raiders, but real quick before we do, because you brought up baseball again, real your namesake over there. We you'll say you have a draft. I mean, you're actually might even be doing one right now. I know a lot of people out there are. Were you drafting Vlad Guerrero Jr. if you're drafting today?
0: Uh man, I think he's going to make an immediate impact, and uh, I mean, it, it, all these rookies are going to be pushed up, but I would probably, you know, probably say he's going to be a third rounder. He might even be higher than that. Um, we'll see, but I think he's going to beast right away and win that AL Rookie of the Year.
1: Wow, I can't believe he was third I was th- initially about a month or two ago. I was thinking like the Chris Bryant fifth round type of mm-hmm. scenario but yeah I, i'm with you it's like it's climbing by the day de- and this whole off season of what he's doing so far is not helping cases when it comes to his price tag Yo, right. mm-hmm. go ahead no i was go gonna say
0: i mean you i mean acuna is gonna basically be a first rounder so it, it's insane all these people moving up it, all that means is that you're gonna have some really good value dropping down probably get like rizzo in the 50s days
1: Real quick on that, hey, you know what? This is fantasy sports, all-in sports. It's not only football. It's a lot more, and we're going to, yes, stick to mostly football today. But I do want to ask one more question, and this is the great advice. This is why you follow Vlad, so make sure you're paying attention to it. You brought up a I have to ask real quick. Are You you say first-rounder. I've seen a lot of people hammering his second half and hammering this is why you don't want him as a first-rounder. So where are you on him?
0: You know what? Um, his talent is undeniable. My thing is, I, I've just seen it far too often. With, uh, you know, I have to keep in mind, this kid is 20, and I understand he is a, a special talent. But I mean, if I'm looking at him or Nolan Arenado, I understand he gets you some stolen bases. You know, to me, if Ronaldo's sticking around in Colorado and I'm, and I'm sitting there with the, you know, 12th, 13th pick overall, I might roll with with, with Nolan um, just because you see so many stud rookies kind of, you know, drop off a little bit in the second in, in their sophomore seasons. And, you know, we see it time and time again. And so I think for that reason, I mean, you know, there were some early drafts where I saw Cunha again, this is people just looking for publicity, but I saw him go like second overall or third overall or something like that. <laughs> Um, I think that's just just a little bit insane with all the players out there.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's go back. As I said, we're going to get back to the Raiders. So the other scenario that we have out there is we have the Amari Cooper situation. Last week, it was Doug Martin could be – or Doug Martin. Marshawn Lynch could miss a month. And then yesterday, we also get the additional news that Marshawn Lynch is on the IR. He's done. And then possibly done for his career, which is disappointing in its own right. But we have to look forward to for fantasy. Fancy now is Doug Martin and Jalen Rashard in that backfield. I mentioned this in the waiver column, and, you know, it will be – hopefully I don't steal too much from you, but I'm going to throw my opinion out there for anybody that hasn't seen it yet and then get you to, you know, echo it or add to it or whatever. But it's the fact that Jalen Rashard in PPR was already putting up double-digit points for this game so far. And if you even give him – he was basically getting – if you look at – so there's 90 carries from Lynch before – this happened, there was 10 carries for Richard. so for the, the disparity between those two, you can do that. That's very simple math for everybody out there. Assuming that you can get Richard up to 15-20% of the carries with the work he was getting in the passing game, I look at it, the fact that you might even be able to get a fringe RB 2-3 in non-PBR, and he's the one that I would aim for the Upside, He's the one that I would shoot for the ceiling in case they give him even more. But if I'm still playing in a non-PPR, I will go Doug Martin first because he will be the lead guy, at least in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the, the, the main guy, at least on the early downs, um, you know, and, and probably get some of the goal line work. The one thing I do know is John Gruden loves the guy. Um, You know, I I don't think uh, John Gruden's stat feed has updated, so he's still looking at his, uh, you know, two big seasons from a few years ago. Um, But, you know, to me, I still think, like, Rashard is probably the guy that is a little bit more valuable in deep leagues. Um, You know, you've got, like, NFFC, for example, FFPC, where you've got these 20-man benches. Um, you know, and Martin might be available in some of these leagues. So obviously, you jump in and you bid on Martin this week. Rashard probably owned. If he's not, you definitely bid him. I bid Richard over Martin, but very slightly. I mean, I think that's mostly because of the PPR format. And, you know, I'm just foreseeing a situation where the Raiders continue to trade off a lot more of these pieces and go kind of full fire sale. And um, I'm, think, I'm kind of seeing them spending a lot of time in the second half of the season playing catch up. Um, you know, they've got the next couple games with, the, with the, the Colts and the Niners, which I think are, you know, they can, they can stay competitive in those. But after the, that, the schedule gets much tougher. They're, they're facing the Chargers, Ravens, Chiefs, Steelers, Bengals. Um, and so I, I feel like these are situations that are much more viable game script-wise uh, for production for Richard over Martin. Right. right. And, and Martin, you know, obviously is a deep league ad, but he's been a horrendous runner over the last couple of years. Uh, yards per carry under three and we're talking about not even a small amount we're talking about about 140 carries per season so you know unless he's starting to get some holes, this offensive line is beat and so i I just not am not seeing a lot of upside for doug martin the rest of the year
1: no i'm really not either and i'm glad you brought that up because somebody mentioned that oh the Raiders. Playing better than you think. Yeah, they're one and whatever, or whatever their record is. And I, like, have you watched their defense? Like, have you watched their play? Like, yeah, I, I pointed out the same thing you did. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. I'm saying, you know what? I can see a lot more Jalen Rashard on the field than Doug Martin, given the game script that I expect. So, yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out because that was the other half of it. All right, so. We've got a tough scenario for this week. We've got Monday night football with the Patriots, and I'm not saying tough because that's probably going to be a miserable watching of a game because they're playing the Bills, everybody. Yay! Don't ask me how that happened. Uh, but you know what? Every team's got to get a primetime game. But at least could have slapped them on Sunday, that being the Bills. Uh, the Patriots. We have a tough, tough situation. Like right now, for all intents and purposes, we're assuming Sony Michelle's out for at least a week. But... We have to wait. It's the Patriots. We probably won't get a super clear answer unless the medical reports are released and the fact of not just the ones that everything came back clean, but that what it's really truly is injury wise. But it's him and it's more so Gronk because Gronk was uh, the, the downgraded throughout last week. Then he sits out and you might have to wait till Monday night. And the, 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 the landscape at tight end, Vlad, is miserable this year. But as I always tell people is you can't wait if you don't have a backup plan and get a zero. But I say that and then I throw this out at you. What if they like waiver wire where your league is, which is what a lot of people are dealing with, is like Jeff Swaim and James O'Shaughnessy. Like At that point, do you say, you know what? Screw it. Well, Swaim's on a buy anyway. Uh, But do you just wait and say, forget it. I don't care. I'll wait for Monday night because It's Gronk, and who cares if I get a tight end with two points anyway?
0: Well, that's kind of the situation I was in this past weekend, and it ties back to our previous conversation about Amari Cooper, and it's actually a poll that I posted on Twitter because I was in a little bit of a predicament this past weekend. In my home league, uh, I have Gronkowski and no backup tight ends. On top of that, everyone on my bench – uh, was on buy, so I couldn't put anyone you know in my lineup, and I couldn't drop anyone. And Amari Cooper was basically my worst bench guy. The other bench guys were Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, um, and, and basically it was it was Amari Cooper that I had to to, to basically trade or drop, and I wasn't going to drop him. And I was able to make a a deal. Um, With my dude Russ Prentice, where um, I ended up getting OJ Howard for Amari Cooper, and at the time when I you know proposed, I still like
1: that deal. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well that's the thing. At the time I was like, ah, somebody just doesn't feel right about it. But you have to separate the fact that you're trading away your third round pick for you know a a tight end in a a timeshare. But he's one in a good offense. He's one where the quarterback likes him, and I needed those points. So I made the deal. Um, You know I don't regret it. And now, hey, if Gronk doesn't play again this week, I now have an alternative. So I. I feel like people, That's something, if, if you're in a non-trade league, you just got to pick up some junk and, you know, have a backup in case, and, you know, you take that zero from Gronk. But otherwise, you got to start hitting those, uh, well, you know.
1: So, so, all right, well, here's here's the one. Let's say you can't. Let's, I'm throwing this out there. Like, you know, somebody got ahead of you. I, I know this is not very likely given the fact that the Bills and Charles Clay and Jason Kroom are likely out there for you. But I'm just saying, like, cuz I want to be able to opaque this picture for most weeks going forward. Let's say uh let's say, they, let's say this game was going to be the Browns. Let's say it was going to be the Browns and the Patriots. So David Njoku's absorbed in every single league. So your option heading into Monday Night Football, here's Vlad, this is your team. Your team options are go pick up Darren Fells as your backup option for Gronk or go ahead and play somebody like Hmm, who, who can I think of on the top of my head that it's like this this year is so miserable? Or go, it, pl- or go play Dallas Goddard before the game happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think I would have to,
0: it, it'd be a situation where... No, 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 no,
1: no, I don't want you to straddle the fans, pick one. Come on. No, no, I, I would pick someone up.
0: <laughs> I would pick someone up because I think okay. it depends on if Gronk, if, if, I, if I think Gronk is going to play or not. If I'm, you know, reading as much as I can and I know that, you know, New England isn't a team that's going to give you a lot of information, but yeah, I'm going to have to take a chance of, you know, sitting Gronk and not taking that zero and really studying tight ends hard. Like maybe this is the week that Charles Clay finally, you know, has a first, you know, his first good week of the season and and maybe that's who you pick up or you do pick up Dallas go and try to get the lucky touchdown. But, um, but I think you, you, you have to do whatever you can to avoid that zero.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with the zero, but wow, that's, that's, that's a tough <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at the rest for this week to see what else might be out there. I mean, here's the waiver wire options for this week. I even put them in the column, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing. It's, well, For one is, I don't know why people still haven't picked up Uzuma. I, I, don't, I don't get that. McDonald and Braid, but I mean, now we're down to Swaim again. I mentioned that he's on a, on a bye. O'Shaughnessy, Ed Dixon's coming back. I actually I am legit if you're playing it seriously, if you're playing in a deep league, 12 teams with big rosters, 14 team or bigger. Remember what Will Disley did at the beginning of the season? Go get go get Ed Dixon, right?
0: Yeah, that that works. That works. I, I know some people tried the whole Dwayne Allen thing, um, but uh, I don't think that worked out all right.
1: No, no, no. Do you know and Dwayne? So credit to Evan Silva for this one. In the three games with no Gronkowski that Dwayne Allen's filled in, this now well now it makes four. He's been held catchless in all three out of four. One catch in the other one, and I think it was like thirteen yards or something like that. Yeah, my, uh, yeah,
0: uh,
1: yeah. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing not more I can say about that. What about the Lashawn McCoy situation? And you know, this is a lot easier because you can go grab Chris Ivory or Marcus Murphy. But let's say that let's say Lashawn McCoy is out this week. What kind of level of interest do you have in starting Ivory or McCoy in leagues, or in, in Murphy in leagues?
0: You know, Marcus Murphy was very impressive um, in that last outing. Um, you know, it, it, you saw had yeah, that 30-yard carry. He also ended up getting uh, catching five balls on seven targets, which was uh, very promising. So I do like he's, he's got a, a lot more burst than, than Chris Ivory. And, I mean, people might think, oh, Ivory isn't playing much. He's got fresh legs. But, no, I mean, he's 30 years old. He's older and slower. Um, you remember back in the days with New Orleans, I mean, he was a beast. He was averaging over five yards per carry for them over a couple of years. Um, these days, it's just not the same. I mean, since 2015, averaging under four yards per, per carry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, game script-wise for the Bills, a lot of times isn't really good, especially when you're getting smashed by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so I think Marcus Murphy almost offers a little bit more interest uh, to me, um, especially in some of these deeper leagues.
1: Uh, would you lean Murphy more so on a PPR? Uh, Actually, let's say you're in a PPR. Would you just, is this similar to the Richard where you would just chase Murphy or does Ivory just get too many touches for your pay? Like, I guess that's the real question. Is this a similar situation to Raiders or do you think it's a lot more clear and Ivory is a lot safer?
0: I would probably pick a Murphy for a couple of games because you're looking at them playing New England and Chicago, two games where you'd expect for them to be trailing and for you know Murphy to be involved a lot more. Um, well, I think know, we every,
1: expect them to trail every game, don't we? <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> well, hey, they play the Jets in Week 10. They might have a chance there.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Uh, still, uh, I'm also I'm very go. bitter about the Bills blowing my one-survivor league with the Vikings. That just That still burns.
0: Hey, yeah, that was rough. But,
1: yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the point
0: is you're talking about probably one, maybe two games max for McCoy, or maybe he passes confession protocol and he's good to go on Monday.
1: I'm still – let's see. Hey, you know what, Bills? This is why you should have traded Lashawn McCoy while you could. Like, what were you holding on to him for? So you could, like, kill his career? Very good. That's what, exactly what you did. How about the Dolphins, Vlad? Uh, you know what? This was uh, – you know what? i am going to talk about the Patriots. This is very similar to the Patriots, and this is where i would say is – for the longest time, and for many, many years, we've always said this about the Patriots, is why do you want to get involved with this backfield? It's too clouded. You never know from week to week. But, as at least I've always said as well, is if you can get me down to two options, yes, I'll get invested. We actually got down to that. We're now actually down to technically one as of today with James White. But the Dolphins wide receivers were on that page this year. It was too many options, nobody's consistent, nobody's even consistently used from a target, snaps, whatever percentage. They just, it's like a wide receiver by committee, but now we're down Albert Wilson, we're down Kenny Stills, so now for the team, we're down to Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant, and Devontae Parker supposed to return this week. Now we've eliminated a lot of the options and got it down to three. One really is you know, talented but hasn't done anything this year. Are you jumping on board with anybody from the Dolphins?
0: uh you know what it's interesting i think jakeem grant is probably the biggest beneficiary here uh you know runs a four uh, a 40 under four four very fast dude um had a season high in snaps last week uh, decent matchup against houston in uh you know again another situation I'm talking about game script a lot here but you know definitely here another situation with negative game script um to me um i do like amandola's value long term um you know, at least for as long as Brock Osweiler's there. I mean, Amandola's had his two best games of the season with Brock there. Um, you know, nice solid floor PPR guy should get some boost in targets. Um, but my problem for this week is um, Amendola's matchup. Uh, he'll be going up in the slot against uh, Kareem Jackson, who um, basically right now is basically the most, the best shutdown slot corner in the league. I think he's averaging like a measly 0.12 fantasy points allowed per route. Uh, to opposing slot corner, so Amendola probably somebody I'll avoid uh, and maybe Devontae Parker comes in, in in and finally does something I mean you know every year he's got a couple of games that makes it sort of reassess his fantasy value for the following year we'll see um, he's Amari Cooper he, he is oh, he's yeah.
1: broken Amari Cooper <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is Amari Cooper um, and then you know I mean maybe they end up signing somebody not not anything good for fantasy but like you know, for example, Kendall White just got cut by by Arizona. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe he pops up over there in Miami.
1: Yeah, that's how it is Every single year. It's the, did you not remember Devontae Parker's second half from a couple years ago? Vlad is so terrific. He, this is why he's, he's healthy again. Come on. Let's get let's do this. All, All right. right. Uh,
0: I've definitely been sucked in. Uh, I'll admit it.
1: Oh, I mean, look. I had him near the top of my wide receiver draft class that year. I also had Kevin White near the top. I also have admitted after about two years of hoping, these guys just aren't going to stay on the field or ever do anything. And after so many injuries, there's just what's left in the body at that point that they're not they're, – even if they were 100%, and I say 100% with quotes because if they could stay 100% healthy, they're still not 100% of what they used to be anymore because there's been so many injuries. Yeah. And it's a
0: shame because I really think he's talented, man. You know, he's, he's, he, he's dynamic. He's a good pass catcher, good route runner, but there's something about him. There's some of these guys that are just, you know, um, you know, the, he's always had a bad track record with conditioning and obviously that's, you know, turned into injuries nonstop over and over right. again. His agent, you know, keeps defending him. He attacked Adam Gase, but um, you know, Parker does have that potential. Maybe one year he he does just break out and have a full healthy season. But at this point, man, he needs to get out of
1: Miami. I think he just needs to get out of football. <laughs> stop <laughs> stop teasing everybody. 49ers uh, situation. And this is another one. Matt Breida hurt again. What a surprise. And, you know, I, I don't want to joke for the guy's health. I'm not sure for him, but, you know, it, we got to laugh in order not to cry sometimes. So, Matt Breida, this one's a little bit less uncertain or, or a little bit less certain is we don't know, is he going to miss time? If any, if he does play this week, could he potentially miss the game and come out early like we just saw that? How are you shaping up with this 49ers backfield? Because I'm not a huge – I'm not even – I wouldn't even say huge. I'm not just not a fan of Raheem Mostert. Uh, I looked at last week's game. I even watched some of it. He had a few impressive touches. and But my whole thing with Mostert's always been – he's the change of pace, pass-catching, timeshare option at best. You go back a few weeks, and he didn't look good at all. and People seem to have forgotten that already. And I'm not saying we should always base it off one game, but that's what I'm saying here, too, is you don't want to base off just last week of what Mostert could be for the rest of the season. So you have Mostert, you have Alfred Morris. Now, he looks completely done at this point, but I guess this is a two-part question. It's how are you training this backfield if Breida somehow plays this week? And if Breida's out, is this another... Oakland bills of give me the pass catcher. I have no interest in the other one because this one definitively for me does like as much as I don't like most dirt, I want nothing to do with Alfred Morris at this point.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Breida feels to me like he's kind of been like Kenny from South park. He just like, you know, <sighs> keeps getting hurt. Something happens. And he just keeps coming back. So something tells me he'll be playing. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah what oh,
1: the man. hell happened two weeks ago with that whole like? Ah, oh, there's no way he's playing this week, and then Monday night it was like, oh look, Brita, he's getting uh, 20 touches. Yeah, he's the
0: Cooper Cup of uh, running backs. I'm sure Cooper could play right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I think they're going to kind of take it, take it slow and easy with him and make sure he's all right. Um, but you know, he's going to be reassessed. But we'll see. I mean, for me, if I am messing around with that backfield, I guess I'd have to get the give the um, the lean to Mostert over Morris. Um, you know, just looking alone at last week's game, uh, Morris did out uh, carry him nine to 7 uh, moster Mostert's been much more explosive. Um, he ran for 59 yards on his seven carries. Morris just 25 yards on his nine. Um, and that's a week after Mostert ran for 87 yards on 12 carries. Uh, he can catch some balls as well. Um, so I don't know. I think Mostert is somebody that, uh, you know, you could consider for flex. Um, and then the other thing is, he's probably, you know, if we think Braid is out, um, he's going to get some DFS love as well.
1: So let's talk about that real quick. This is going to be a sidebar. So, I told people halfway or I, what does it even this year at all? Um, I can't remember exactly. Anyway, I told people that I wasn't going to start including, and I'm going to say, by the way, fab, because I don't like fob because you need yeah. to do one or the other. It's fab F a B. It's fob F a a B like sob, like the car. I, I that, what, I, that annoys me so much that people spell it F a a B and call it, fab it's either fab with 1a or fob with two like get it right so anyway <laughs> as you can tell i'm very upset about that also why do we need the second a anyway do we really need to say free agent auction budget i think we all know it's a free agent budget like like we really yeah. have to throw auction like so anyway fab 1a going forward everybody get on board yay band kickers anyway sidebar i don't i don't throw those numbers out i used to i don't do it for anybody because you know as soon as one week is passed as soon as you get to week two you don't know what everybody's budgets are in those leagues. You don't know how aggressive some leagues are. You don't know how aggressive somebody needs to be for need. I always try to tell people is you know your league better and you know your needs better and you know how aggressive your league will be. If you need them, make sure you go get them. Or I'll give you the, hey, you know, I just need depth. Well, then be somewhat aggressive, but don't go crazy because if you miss out, it's not a terrible thing. Like, you, do you get involved in, in trying to get, like, moster? Would you try to give a price? Because especially at this point of the season, I mean, I'm looking at my home league, and there's one person with 80. There's a bunch of people with the 40s and 50s. There's three people that's under 15. Like, you, there's no way you could give one price to everybody for the same player.
0: No, no, no. That's really that's really difficult to do. Um, you'd have to, you know, basically assess every person specific. You got you got to know what the needs are. Um, you know, who are the other running backs you have? When are you going to need a bye week fill in? Um, you know, it, it, everyone's price is specific to them. So, um, and, and, you know, it, it can only say, like, how much of a percentage of a budget you can use. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I would go nuts. I don't think I would go overboard. Um, you know, would I bid on him over, uh, say, uh, Doug Martin? Probably not, because I do think Lynch is done for the year. Martin's going to get the run. And so, um, I think that's a pretty easy move. But I think in PPR leagues, I, I do think he's got a little bit of value, especially with the fact that, um, I think he's slowly starting to make uh, render Alfred Morris useless.
1: All right, so here, I'll say if you agree then. These are how I rank them in the waiver column this week. And obviously, get, we've already broken down two of these backfields, so it depends on what format you're in. It depends on what you're aiming for. But I put the Raiders running backs, then I put Duke Johnson, specifically more for a PPR, and then I put the Bills running backs, and then I put Mostert behind them.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. That, that's that's what
1: I would do. All right. I like when we're on the same page. All right. Yeah. So speaking of running backs, and uh, maybe last topic, maybe not. Maybe one or two. Here we go. We watched the London game. Any interest in getting back involved with the Titans running backs because they both had good games. I'm somebody who never gave up on Deion Lewis, and part of me continues to laugh because I was one of the biggest haters on Derrick Henry. I was not expecting it to be this bad, let's be clear. But after both having decent games, and Derrick Henry looking like he had some of that power slash burst back are you any interest in, with them coming off their buy next week? And then, Hey, maybe they turn the corner and the running backs have some value again.
0: Well, I think it's funny. I think for the most part, um, I, it, it, the, the uh, fantasy football industry rarely, uh, agrees on, on anything. Um, but the one thing almost everyone was in uniform on was avoiding Derek Henry, like the plague in the third round. And I think that became very evident when the team signed Dion Lewis, um, And it's just been rough sledding for him. Just, you know, he's these two guys are pretty much sharing snaps and carries. Um, But Lewis is just still always the wiser play. To me, I'm not really interested in Henry. Not even really a scenario where he would be a buy low for me. Um, You know, Lewis uh, has actually, I think, was his first good game since since the first week or second week of the season. But he ended up topping 150 all-purpose yards, had that big 36-yard carry. Um, Henry, I guess, didn't have that great a game, but he did end up finding the end zone. For me, I'm much more interested in Lewis, especially with how I pretty much expect game flow to be going in these upcoming games. Um, You know, they get the Cowboys this week, which I think will be a close game Um, and uh, with a lot of running. I think it's the only game where Henry has some value. Um, Then they're hitting a stretch where they're going to face the Patriots. Colts have a good run defense. Uh, Houston, the Jets, and the Jags, um, to be honest, just not a lot to look forward to here for Henry. If anything, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of love for Deion Lewis for a couple of good games here.
1: All right, we we will do one more topic. We'll get you out of here on this, Vlad. It's the return of the Mac. Come on, it's return of the Mac. Oh my God! Return Return of the the Mac. Mac. There we go. Yeah, Marlon Mack, beyond impressive in that game. Uh, Marlon Mack is taking over this backfield. When now, I mean, for all conceivable purposes, you can go ahead and drop. Wilkins, Hines, anybody else you're invested with, you know Hines obviously in PPR in a deeper league. I'm not just dropping him just to say get off my team. Like that's one thing too, Vlad is like the people who drop people just to drop. Like they get mad and they're like, can I drop blank? And that's the end of the question. Like, well, I mean, you can technically drop anybody, but like, do you need you? No, you don't need. But what are your expectations specifically for Mac going forward? Is it going to be? And I know the performances aren't going to be dominant in that way. I just mean dominating as in. Everybody else has been pushed aside. He's getting 80 percent of the work in this backfield now, and he's in the high-end RB two conversation.
0: Dude, I'm so bitter. Um, this past weekend, <laughs> I was I was making my uh, my uh, my DFS lineups, and uh, Marlon Mack was somebody I kept wanting to click on. Um, our you know weekly our, uh, running back article breakdown by uh, by Ted Shuster. He had Mack in there. Um, had a really good case for him. And he was cheap, man. Over on DraftKings, he was like 4200 And this is right after the news of Nick Chubb coming out. And so I knew Nick Chubb would be the chalk. And I ended up going with um, Duke Johnson and on Johnson. So Carry-on obviously uh. had a good team. And Duke, man, it just didn't work out. I wanted to get it, to, you know, I <laughs> yeah. wanted to kind of pivot off a of Chubb. And Mac was the answer. And we ended up having one of our subs um, over at, uh, at Guru Lee um, ended up crushing. So he ended up winning like, 20 grand off of his like, you know, $20 entry and uh, qualified for, for the live final over on FanDuel. Oh, with nice. Marlon in his lineup. I mean, dude was a beast. Just well, let app- me ask you this.
1: Were you tweet was that, was that Marlon Mack decision you were debating? Was that Saturday night or was that Sunday morning? It was uh, Saturday when I was making lineups.
0: Like, I just kept wanting to click them and I ended up building five lineups and I didn't end up having any of them. So it was one of well, those sir, things. The, the reason I oh well,
1: here's why this is what I want to find I want to see if you go end up down the same road I go down. So Saturday night decisions like that, more often than not, I'll make the swap because I feel like my analysis is right. Sunday mornings are the ones where I stopped because I get myself in trouble. Like I, I start that's Sunday morning starts to be unless an injury happens, like late news or something like that. I don't mess with Sunday morning because here's a perfect example. Last week I did. I told myself never again will I mess around on Sunday morning. This past Sunday morning, I messed around. I took out Alshon Jeffrey and I swapped in Taylor. It was a two wide receiver swap. It was Alshon Jeffrey and I forget the other now, but I swapped in Josh Gordon and Taylor Gabriel, which Josh Gordon was fine. But the Alshon Jeffrey and whoever the other person was to priced in far exceeded exceeded what happened with Gabriel because Gabriel did very little this week. And it's, it's those last second swaps. So that's what I was saying is like, I wanted to see if you have the similar process where like, yeah, Saturday makes sense. But once Sunday morning rolls around, stop screwing around. You're going to mess something up.
0: By the way, damn you, in our pentathlon, how do you pronounce that? Pentathlon. Pentathlon League uh, that Derek Van Riper created, um, you know, one of our components. Obviously, we got the best ball and the, uh, the survivor and, and the regular auction league that we did. So yeah. the, uh, I had a, actually a pretty killer week on the DFS portion, built, built a pretty good, good lineup, 153 points. But guess who beat me? All in kid, <laughs> first place, man. Nice work. Uh, with, with a zero from Curse. With a zero from curse, man. All I needed, here's basically, why. was Sneed to catch something.
1: Yeah. Oh, so, so here's why. And I asked a good friend of yours, Benny, yesterday, I asked him this question. And I, I actually tweeted this out on Sunday. If your cash game lineup doesn't start, and I don't care what the price is anymore. This is Russell Westbrook territory. That's the comparison I made. If your lineup doesn't start with Gurley and Thielen, you're doing your cash game lineup wrong.
0: Yeah, and I and I did end up having both of those guys. I think at the end of the day, the difference between your and my lineup for those you know, eight points difference is uh, I ended up going cheap with the uh, the Cowboys on defense, who pretty much didn't do anything, yeah. and you had the uh, the Texans.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of the difference. I I'm still middle of the pack overall. Aren't you higher on the season? And I'm I'm actually mm. pulling it up right now. Let's see. Oh no, yeah, we're we're both I think we're both around day. middle of the pack. You don't have to worry about it because the season long, the auction one, I, I, for everybody that doesn't know this pentathlon thing is actually pretty cool. you you team, you team, we were the only two that teamed up. I teamed up with Elliot Christie you he held up with Russ Prentice. Um, Elliot did the auction for us, which by the way, I might have turned down this entire thing. Like, I mean the entire pentathlon. I might have to, if we, I knew going in that it was a two tight end league, like, be like this enrages me probably more than two catcher actually it does Enrage. like god i hate this so much so he elliot was texting me heading to this draft and you know we had a delay uh thankfully michael beller it was okay but he had a, a hospital emergency um and we got this push back and by that point you know he's texting me he's like i think we got to go in on gronk because it's a too tight end league and what the uh, you know the advantage you get there and then if people that haven't Remembered around that time was the Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. How hurt are they really? And we basically went all in with Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Rob Gronkowski. So that team is pretty much toast. <laughs> yeah, no, that sucks, man. I wasn't looking for you like I was. I thought you. I thought you were going to joke a little bit more, like tell me uh, how stupid we were.
0: Yeah. No, that was fun. I mean, you know, if it, it's a good thing that Elliot held from you the fact that it was a two-tight end league, right? You wouldn't
1: have <laughs> yeah. That's like I said. I just, I wish I would have known. I mean, we got discount, like Fournette and Cook went for a combined 50 bucks. And, but, you know, hey, that's what happens at the time. We, we rolled the dice with that one. Um, again, Vlad. Follow him at RotoGut. Tell everybody once again, make, go ahead. I know you did it at the beginning, but sometimes people tune out at the beginning don't pay attention. I want to make sure everybody knows where to follow you, all your great stuff, where to get your sage advice, especially for this, baseball. And I, I, like you said, you're doing everything at this point. Basketball, I heard you mention hockey, so.
0: Yeah, I mean we're uh, we're at Fantasy Guru Elite and uh, you know dot com and and really are the uh, the ultimate um, you know kind of an overused phrase but one stop shop for for everything. Right now we're we're crushing it with our gambling packages. Like if you want to do just NHL betting, we got a guy named Night Ghost there that's helping people crush there and win money. Same thing for football. Um, you know Tommy and, and MLB model and those guys. Um, but also more importantly is right now it's a hot and heavy basketball season. Um, you know, we've got two of the best, Jeff Collins and, and uh, Peter Christensen, um, running the the content over there along with Benny and Rad Thad. And, uh, people are just crushing basketball. Um, a lot of times when I don't have time to make, uh, you know, to really study uh, a basketball slate, I'll just go in and, and you know, watch their, their live stream, uh, read a couple of articles and just, you know, throw, throw something in there, throw something in a cash game and a tournament's a lot of fun. So, um, you know. A lot of guys that, that really care and most importantly we're accountable for the work that we do um, so come and join us fantasy guru elite and uh, I'm at rotogut at Twitter
1: yeah good stuff and uh, as you can tell great stuff over there which will help you even win money as they have done for many people so thanks again Vlad and uh, good luck to everybody it is Tuesday which means we will be back tomorrow for if you listen Monday it's Joe Betty and myself We'll be doing the podcast again, all in sports tomorrow. I'll be back Thursday for the preview with Chris Meany for the week and tons more stuff. I'll catch you next time.